0: Tuning in today to I've Heard That Song Before. I'm your host, Joe Hunter, and every week we invite a guest into the studio to examine a song from the Great American Songbook. And this week in the studio, we have as our guest Mr. Bill Rudman. And Bill is a man who wears many hats. He is the director of the Musical Theater Project, which is a Cleveland, Ohio-based nonprofit dedicated to celebrating American musical theater. He is a syndicated radio host. He can be heard on XM Radio. His show is called On the Isle. And he also can be heard on national public radio, and his show is called Footlight Parade. Bill is also the creator and the co-host of a very popular series here in Cleveland, Ohio, called The Song Is You, and I'm very partial to that since I'm also involved in that. And he is also a Grammy-nominated record producer who has made records with the likes of Peggy Lee and Maxine Sullivan, two marvelous interpreters of American Song. And we're just so pleased to have Bill back in the studio again. It's good to be back again, Joe. You certainly have taught me an awful lot over the years about this great body of work, this great American songbook.
1: We can't get enough of that stuff.
0: (laughs) So we're very happy to have you back in the studio. And you've chosen a wonderful song, music by Richard Rogers and lyrics by Lorenz Hart. It comes from the musical The Boys from Syracuse, and that song is Falling in Love with Love. Why did you choose this song, Bill? Because,
1: as we were saying before we got started, it's a misunderstood song. I mean, everybody just kind of grooves to it. <laughs> but <laughs> the fact is, it's an anti-love song. And in 1938, that was very daring. You mentioned something in the context
0: of the show. It was sort of this satire, the show itself. Sort well, of the a show's a
1: farce. It's based on Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors. The musical was called The Boys from Syracuse. And so it's knock about mistaken identity, all shenanigans. And then in the middle of the first act, There are these women on stage who are weaving, and one of them believes that her husband has cheated on
0: her. And here comes this pretty sad song. Wow. Actually, it wasn't until we really started researching the song that I discovered that (laughs) it was actually very kind of a cynical and sad song. It is. You know, Falling in Love with Love, if you just took the title at face value, it sounds very romantic.
1: But then his second line is, "Is falling for make-believe, you yes, know, boom, yes.
0: shatters the illusions. Well, I thought we would listen to a recording you brought in. This is a singer, Frances Langford, and she recorded this in 1939. The show opened in 1938, correct? Right, right. So in 1939, she recorded this, and this tune actually charted at 18. Can you tell us a little bit about Frances Langford? Francis Frances is
1: practically forgotten today, but in the 1930s and 40s, let me tell you, she introduced I'm in the Mood for Love, I Feel a Song Coming On, Hooray for Hollywood, You Are My Lucky Star, major figure in movie musicals and radio. And I asked my friend Hugh Martin, who's now 94. Composer. Composer and lyricist, great American songwriter, who worked on the original production of Boys from Syracuse in 1938. I asked him what recording he would recommend, and he said Frances Langford because of this incredibly clear, velvety voice.
0: Now, is she going to sing the verse as She's well? She's going
1: to sing the verse and the chorus, right?
0: Well, Bill, I have to admit, I was really not familiar with this verse, and I think probably a lot of our listeners are not familiar with the verse to the song. Could you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Well, this is an extraordinary verse. For one thing, this verse, it's an introduction to the chorus that we do know. The verse goes one minute and 20 seconds. That's very long. And this is serious stuff. Again, these are ladies who are weaving on stage. But the theme of this verse is, ladies, let your fingers dance and keep your hands out of romance. And that's, again, that's courageous for a pop song in this period.
0: Well, let's hear how this whole thing weaves together. Let's listen to this 1939 recording of Francis Langford singing our selected song for this week. This is the Rodgers and Hart classic, Falling in Love with Love. ¶¶
2: I weave with brightly colored strings To keep my mind off other things So ladies, let your fingers dance And keep your hands out of romance Lovely witches, let the stitches Keep your fingers under control Cut the thread, but leave The whole heart whole Merry maids can soar is falling for may believe falling in love with love is playing in love with love one night when the moon was full. I was unwise with eyes unable to see.
0: Francis Langford from 1939 performing our chosen song for this week on, I've heard that song before, that was Falling in Love with Love, music by Richard Rogers and lyrics by Larry Hart. Very interesting recording, Bill. I was curious, when I was reading the lyrics, did she change the lyrics of the verse?
1: She did, and well, the original lyric, that couplet, that zinger couplet goes, merry maids can sow and sleep, wives can only sow and weep. That weep is devastating. And now, you know, this is conjecture on our part, Joe. Who knows what happened in 1939 when she did this? But I would suspect, because this happened a lot, that the producer said, oh, you can't sing those lines the way they're written. This is a pop recording. You can't do that. So I would imagine that they changed what she sings, wives can only sew and sweep. sweep is what I heard her. Takes the sting out of those <laughs> yes, lines. Yes, it does. I bet
0: that was done for commercial purposes. Ah, very interesting. Our next rendition is going to be quite different from the Francis Langford recording that was made in 1939. For one thing, we're not going to hear the verse in this Frank Sinatra recording from 1961. This came from a record called Swing Along With Me on Frank's reprise record label, arrangements by Billy May. Bill, one of the reasons I love this particular record, it's classic Sinatra, where he sings the song two times through, mm-hmm. again, with no verse. Mm-hmm. And then in that classic Sinatra tradition, he sings the song a second time, yeah. but really then interprets it. Yes. And another thing we should point out to our listeners is the song was originally written as a waltz. Yes, absolutely. Right? It had a very nice mm-hmm. waltz tempo to mm-hmm. it. Sinatra and Billy May do away with that right away, and it right. becomes a nice swing in number. <laughs> right. So it's no longer in 3 4, but in swing 4 4.
1: I think this is probably the recording that most of us know best mm-hmm. of this song. At least this is how I found the song.
0: Well, why don't we listen to Frank Sinatra right now? Give us a very different interpretation of this classic American standard, Falling in Love with Love, music by Richard Rogers and lyrics by Lorenz Hart.
3: Falling in love with love is falling for make-believe and Falling in love with love is playing the fool Caring too much is such a juvenile fancy Learning a trust is just for the children in school I fell in love with love one night when the moon was full I was unwise with eyes unable to see I fell in love with love with love everlasting
0: But love fell out with me Now check out the Sinatra interpretation.
3: I fell in love with the lover one night when the moon was full. I was unwise with eyes, unable to see.
0: You really hear Frank having some fun with this. <laughs> Indeed. Frank Sinatra from the album Swing Along With Me, and he was performing our selected song this week on, I've heard that song before, that was Rodgers and Hart's classic, Falling in Love With Love. No longer a waltz. No longer a waltz, (laughs) quite swinging. And you know, Bill, you hear that and you really don't get a sense of what the song is about.
1: Except that, you know, Sinatra being the master that he was. I've heard other people swing this song and I don't like it at all, but I love this recording because... He's such a consummate actor that what he does project, and you used this word earlier, is the cynicism that's embedded in this song. So to that extent, I think he really finds what's going on here. The only problem with it is that he allows us to just kind of snap our fingers (laughs) (laughs) instead of, really feeling the heartbreak in it. But I sure think he nails the cynicism.
0: Well, Bill, I wanted to read you a quick quote from Richard Rogers talking about Larry Hart's lyric writing. Yeah. and I thought it was very interesting. This is from Richard Rogers' introduction to his book, The Rogers and Hart Songbook. Richard Rogers writes, quote, Larry's lyrics knew that love was not especially devised for boy and girl idiots of 14, (laughs) and he expressed himself to that extent, unquote.
1: (laughs) Absolutely true. This is a song written by adults for adults, and Sinatra goes right there.
0: And now, Bill, really, I was first introduced to the song... As an instrumental? As an instrumental. Ah, interesting. There was a a fake book that was very popular when I was growing up called The Real Book. Uh that came out of Boston, the Berklee School of Music. Yeah. And this song was in it. It mm. was a song that we played a lot. You know, I'd never mm-hmm. heard the lyrics until mm-hmm. many years later.
1: Well, you wouldn't think now that you know we know what the song is really about. You wouldn't think that jazz musicians would necessarily gravitate to this song, except that in a way it reminds me of "Lover, Come Back to Me," which has that sort of operetta romance feel to it. It's from the nineteen twenties, and yet look what Billie Holiday did with that. So I guess the moral of the story is. A strong melody is a strong melody, and jazz musicians are going to be attracted to it,
0: right? Absolutely. And, of course, I never (laughs) knew it was in 3-4, either. I didn't realize it was originally a waltz. I always thought it was just a swinging tune, you know? Uh So we're going to listen to one of the great, great alto saxophonists in the history of jazz, and that, of course, is Julian Cannonball Adderley. I guess it's not really quite a ballad, sort of a slow-medium swing rendition of this great Rodgers and Hart tune, Falling in Love with Love. This is from an album, Cannonball Adderley with Strings. Strings, huh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's kind of funny in terms, as we both know, Richard Rodgers did not like it when jazz musicians messed around with his tunes. So maybe we can think of it this way, that they're kind of tossing Richard Rodgers a bone
0: here by tossing in those strings. (laughs) That is a good point. I've heard that he didn't like when these jazz guys messed with his songs. (laughs) Not at all. That's funny. Well, let's listen to this instrumental version of our chosen song for this week, This is Rogers and Hart's Falling in Love with Love, performed by Cannonball Adderley.
1: But there's some sadness in this too. And I love the tempo for it.
0: on the alto saxophone from an album, Cannonball with Strings. And he was performing our featured song today on I've Heard That Song Before. That was Falling in Love with Love by Rodgers and Hart. Bill, what was your impression of that? Well, I
1: would throw out the strings, personally. I think there's sort of two different stories being told in that recording. I think Cannonball is telling one story that actually is very close to the lyric of the song that we shared at the beginning and that we'll come back to, and the strings are just doing some romantic soupy stuff, and I forget it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not sure I would agree with throwing the strings out, Bill. I sort of enjoyed them, and... And again, I think it kind of harkens back to your comment before we heard it, I mean that jazz musicians really love a good melody and I heard Cannibal really sink his teeth into that melody as well as really having a lot of fun with the harmonic sequences, the chord changes as mm-hmm. we call them. I've always felt that Cannibal, when I listen to him play, he sounds as if he's smiling. There's just something very joyous yeah, and uplifting yeah. about his playing. I didn't really feel like the song reflected, as we said, the sort of anti-love song quality. Mm -hmm. Cannibal Adderley has really always been one of my favorite saxophonists, so I sure enjoyed listening to that rendition. Bill, you've brought us in what I think you said was your favorite version of this classic tune.
1: It is. It's by Mary Clear Haran, not a singer who's very well known outside of New York City, but I guarantee you're going to fall in love with her.
0: Now, will she be going back to Richard Rodgers' original rhythmic setting, which was the 3-4 waltz rhythm? She's going to go back to the waltz. And I imagine we're going to hear the verse again.
1: Oh, indeed we are.
0: Oh, very good. And I was very happy to see that two of my favorite musicians are going to be accompanying her, including brilliant Bill Charlop on piano.
1: Yep, and David Fink on bass. David
0: Fink on bass, great.
1: And you know, this great American songbook stuff, it goes back a long way, but it goes right up to today, and I wanted to bring in a recording of this song that's contemporary. Because, you know, we started with a recording from 1939, but the one we're going to hear now was recorded in the late 1990s. So that's 60 years later, and wonderful singers and musicians are still paying great respect to this song literature and giving it a contemporary feel.
0: And the artist that we're going to be hearing now is Mary Claire Haran. is that correct?
1: Yes, Mary Clear Horan, who is best known in New York, has an avid following among people who love great cabaret in Manhattan. You can, you know, go hear her at the Algonquin. (laughs) That's the kind of place that she loves to play in intimate rooms. How old is she? I mean, is she younger? She's in her early 50s, I would imagine, and she really sort of came to the fore in the early 1980s, I would say, late 70s, early 80s.
0: And she's devoted her life to this stuff. Why? And as we mentioned before the break, two of the musicians joining her on this recording are Bill Charlap on piano and David Fink on bass. And of course, now Bill comes from quite an illustrious musical family. His parents. Right, yeah. His parents. His father was Moose Charlap, who composed, I believe, Peter Pan. Is that correct? Yes. He wrote right, all the music right, for the play, right. Peter Pan. And his mother was great New York cabaret singer Sandy Stewart.
1: Mm hmm. Indeed. So what's cool
0: is she's singing this
1: song surrounded by jazz musicians, and that often happens with the best cabaret singers. They want to perform with the jazz guys because they are really interpretive singers, and they get off on jazz musicians who are interpreting and finding all these nooks and crannies in songs that we've never heard before.
0: And Bill certainly is one of those pianists that are on the scene today that are really absolutely committed to this great body of work. Absolutely. I mean, he's one of the few jazz pianists now that are putting out sort of concept records. He'll yeah. do it, an album of Gershwin, an album of Hoagie Carmichael, yes. an album of Bernstein, which was quite and interesting. And an Arlen.
1: He did an Arlen yes, album. Too. Yes,
0: yes. So let's listen to this version again. As we mentioned earlier, we are going to hear the verse. We are going to hear the verse. The original lyric, too? The original lyric, not
1: censored in any way. And Bill is so respectful, even of the original instrumental setting in the orchestration. You're going to hear him weaving at the piano just as we sort of heard that going on in the 1939 recording right there was a little
0: instrumental yeah
1: which is rogers invention and now it's charlap having a
0: 1990s way with it the weaving wheel or something that's right spinning wheel spinning wheel well let's listen to mary clear haran with bill charlap on the piano and david fink on the bass and they're going to be performing our featured song and that is rogers and hart's falling in love with love
4: weave with brightly colored strings to keep my mind off other things so ladies let your fingers dance and keep your hands out of romance lovely witches let the stitches keep your fingers under control cut the thread but leave the whole heart whole. Merry maids can sow and sleep. Wives can only sow and weep. Falling in love with love is falling for make believe.
0: Jazz Waltz. Yes.
4: Falling in love with love is playing the fool Caring too much is such a juvenile fancy Learning to trust is just for children in school I fell in love with love one night when the moon was full I was unwise with eyes unable to see I fell in love with love with love everlasting But love fell out with me
1: Who's on drums? Tasty Drums, Jim Horner
0: on the bass? Yes.
4: I fell in love with love one night when the moon was full I was unwise with eyes unable to see gorgeous. I fell in love with love with love everlasting but love
0: And that was Mary Clear yeah, singing Falling in Love with Love. And she was accompanied there by Bill Sharlop on the piano, David Fink on the bass, and Jim Horner on drums.
1: Now, isn't that your new favorite recording of that song? Very, very nice. nice. And you
0: wouldn't think that the cabaret artist and the jazz musician would have such a great That's relationship. A great kinship there. They really do. I mean, that was real modern jazz mm-hmm. playing from the rhythm section mm-hmm. there. I mean, they mm-hmm. were really swinging. Solos by both the piano and the bass. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you would call her a jazz singer yeah, right. in the sense of Sarah Vaughan or right, Ella Fitzgerald. Right. And yet
1: she belongs. Yes, in she there, does. You know, it yes. works. She's a wonderful actor. And I think we hear her sort of walk the tightrope in this song in that. It is a sad song, and yet she also uses the yearningness of Rogers' melody and acts that so that it's not a slit your wrist song. Mm-hmm. You can hear her be sad but want something just
0: around the corner and still believe in it. You hear that? And such clarity. Yeah. So struck. I mean, obviously, her pitch is just perfect. And the recording techniques made the verse kind of difficult to hear from the 1939 recording, but Mm -hmm. her diction in this Mm -hmm. last recording that we just heard was just right on. (laughs) You could really hear
1: every word. I knew you'd like that, Joe.
0: Very nice recording. Well, Bill, that was a great way to wrap up our investigation of this great song, Falling in Love with Love. We really appreciate you bringing in that recording.
1: Well, it's been so much fun to cover, you know, 60 years of recordings of this American standard. And who knows what singers are going to be doing with this 10 or 25 years from now?
0: Absolutely. And just to sort of recap for our listeners, we started out from the 1939 recording by Francis Langford. We heard that and we followed that up with a real swing rendition by Frank Sinatra. And then we went to our instrumental version by Cannonball Adderley and we Wrapped it up with a wonderful record that, Bill, you brought in for us by Mary Clear Horan with Bill Sharlop on the piano. It's been really a lot of fun.
1: And as much fun as it's been, you know, I could have brought in 15 more recordings of this song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I mentioned earlier, what we like to do every week here on I've Heard That Song Before, we like to finish with a bonus tune for our guest, and our bonus track is related somehow to the featured song that we've spent the time listening to. And today, I've picked another song by Richard Rodgers and Lorenz Hart, and I'm sure, Bill, you're familiar with this classic tune entitled Thou Swell. 1927
1: from the musical A Connecticut Yankee, and it's based on the Mark Twain novel, A Connecticut
0: Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Uh Uh-huh. This song, Lorenz Hart, has a lot of fun with sort of a Shakespearean language, would you say, or Old English? Yeah, Old English, but
1: mixing it up with then-current American slang and Uh juxtaposing those words. It's very, very playful. You know, in that respect, it's loyal to the Mark Twain novel and the fun that
0: Twain had in his language in the book. Yeah, this is a fun swinging rendition by Nat King Cole. This comes from his album Nat King Cole Live at the Sands. This was recorded in 1960 out in Las Vegas, and... My understanding is that they made this record at like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) After all the stars who are working in Vegas, they all wanted to come down. So you got Sinatra's in the audience. Jackie Gleason is in the audience. Oh, man. You know, this is all business people. People worked in the music business out in Vegas Uh, at this show that they recorded at about 2 o'clock in the morning. That's the best. Let's hear it. Let's hear this. Nat King Cole, live at the Sands, singing another great Rodgers and Hart tune. This is Thou Swell.
5: swell, of our witty, of our sweet, of our grand, I would kiss me pretty, I would hold my hand, I both mine eyes are cute to what they do me, I hear me holler, I choose a sweet love for losing thee, I feel so rich in a hut for two to lose, the kitchen I'm sure would do Give me not a lot of Just a plot of land And thou swell Thou witty Thou grand And thou swell Thou witty a thou sweet And grand I would kiss me pretty I would hold my heart Hear me holler I choose a sweet lot of thee I feel so rich In a hut For two two rooms, The kitchen I'm sure would do Give me not a lot of Just a plot of land And thou swell Thou witty Thou sweet Thou pretty Thou swell Thou sweet Thou witty Thou grand
0: You. And that, of course, was Nat King Cole, recorded live in Las Vegas, live at the Sands, performing Rodgers and Hart tune, Thou Swell. That's really cooking. How'd you like that? I
1: loved that. To play off a word in the lyric, that's a Lollapalooza of a recording, isn't it? <laughs> but Lollapalooza is a great example of how he took, you know, slang and then messed around with thou, swell, and all those old English words.
0: Yeah. For all you jazz aficionados out there, on drums on that record was a gentleman named Lee Young, who was the younger brother of Lester Young. Oh, no kidding. Yes, he was Nat Cole's drummer for a number of years. That's cool. Oh, really a swinging, swinging rendition on that. Yeah. But you know, Bill, one thing I've always wondered about that particular album, Live at the Sands, whether Nat Cole overdubbed that piano. So if there's any listeners Uh out there that can shed any light on this, I've often wondered, was that him playing piano? I mean, because they certainly had that technology at the mm-hmm. time of this yeah, record was made. That he could have gone yeah. back and done all that nice playing underneath the singing. Mm-hmm.
1: Those were the early days of doing live recordings in clubs and so on, and they often did go back into the studio and futsu and fix things. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I think it yeah. was a multi-tracking yeah. situation. They could yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, Bill, it's been so much fun having you here today in the studio discussing these wonderful songs by Rodgers and Hart.
1: The pleasure's all been mine, and I can't wait to come back. Bill, it's always (laughs) wonderful to hear your insights on this body of work. And next time we'll do another song that is misunderstood. How about that? (laughs)
0: Well, Bill, we certainly look forward to your next visit. You've been listening to I've Heard That Song Before. I'm your host, Joe Hunter, and this week we've had a studio as our guest, syndicated radio host Bill Rudman, and Bill's show can be heard on XM Radio. It's called On the Aisle, and you can also be heard on public radio, Footlight Parade, an all-around knowledgeable guy when it comes to the Great American Songbook. Thank you, Bill.
1: Thank you. You didn't say scholar
0: that time. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's our program you've been listening to. I've Heard That Song Before. I'm your host, Joe Hunter, and we'll see you next week.
3: I've Heard That Song Before is a production of the Front Porch People. Listen to more great conversations at thefrontporchpeople.com.